This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's drive time now. Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. of the game of baseball is its full and colorful history. Dating back to the late 1800s, Major League Baseball is filled with players and teams that represented the times and cities they played in. In 2020, one of the benefits of the time we live in is the ability to look back and discover just about anything and or anyone you are interested in thanks to websites that focus on our game. If you check out Baseball Reference under the page of Eddie Robinson, you find a player who made his Major League debut in 1942 with the Cleveland Indians. You also find out that Robinson played on the 1948 Indians World Series title team. And you also learn that next week, Eddie Robinson will celebrate his 100th birthday. I've had a wonderful family uh, support. I have a lovely wife who takes good care of me. And uh, I feel very lucky, and I feel very lucky to have had baseball. Uh, baseball is something that, if you're really into it, you kind of go from year to year with it. And you can look back and pinpoint great things that have happened to you in each year. It's not often that we have the opportunity to hear from someone who is 100 years old. In fact, I, I think it's a show first, but that's what we do on this week's edition of Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive. I'm Jim Rosenhouse, and as always, great to have you with us as we continue our hot stove editions of Tribe Talk through the winter months. And yes, this week, we hear from baseball's oldest living player, and that last remaining link to the Indians' last World Series title, Eddie Robinson. That's coming up in just a little bit. Also on our show this week, another look back at one of the fun games of the 2020 season with our Game of the Week segment. And we'll also visit with Chris Antonetti talking about a program called the Players' Alliance that came through Cleveland earlier this week. But first, some news and notes from a busy week in Tribe Town. First off, on the player development side, the changing face of minor league baseball gained a little more clarity this week as major league teams 
issued invites to the four minor league franchises that they hope will make up their full-season minor league affiliate group. For Tribe fans, those teams remain familiar. The Columbus Clippers at AAA, the Akron Rubber Ducks at AA, the Lake County Captains over in East Lake, and also the Lynchburg Hillcats. They'll be the two single-A teams. Details of how minor league baseball will look still are being worked out. AAA and AA could feature some franchise shifts as MLB looks to cut down on team travel if possible. Also, it appears that Lake County will now be a high-A league, and Lynchburg will shift to a lower single-A league. The next steps for the individual affiliates now is to review the invitation and the new requirements set forth by MLB. For instance... Uh, The release from the Lake County captains earlier this week read as follows. The captains look forward to reviewing the full details of the proposal from the Indians and Major League Baseball, known as the Professional Development License, in anticipation of the 2021 season. But once there's approval, things could become official pretty quick, and, and then work would begin on what the schedules might look like for 2021 based on COVID conditions. And as stated last month, Mahoning Valley is no longer affiliated with the Indians, and the New York Penn League has been replaced by the MLB Draft League to some extent, and the Scrappers are a charter member of that prospect league. Now, staying on the minor league side, the annual Rule 5 draft was completed this week as part of baseball's virtual winter meetings. The Rule 5 draft allows teams to select players from other clubs that are not protected as part of that organization's 40-man roster. Once selected, that player must remain on the major league roster or injured list the entire season, and if not, be offered back to the player's original organization for half of the purchase price of $100,000. On the acquisition side, the Indians selected with the 24th draft slot, 15th overall selection in that first round, right-handed pitcher Trevor Steffen, He's a 25-year-old out of the University of Arkansas from Hillsborough, Texas, but big size, 6'5", 225, had a really good college career and actually was uh, progressing nicely for the Yankees uh, with a three-year professional ERA, just under four. But most recently, 2018, a Florida State League midseason all-star. Be interesting to see what the Indians have there. And again, Stefan has to stay on the Major League roster all season or the Indians have to offer him back to the Yankees. But uh, the Indians continuing to try and stockpile pitching. Now, they did lose a, uh, an intriguing potential pitcher and right-hander, Luis Oviedo. He was the ninth pick taken by the Mets off of the Indians' roster, and then they flipped him to Pittsburgh in a trade. Oviedo has been pitching very well down in the Dominican in winter ball, and uh, he's got a big fastball, big kid, but uh, has had some injury issues and command issues the Pirates hoping they can be patient with him, and that might be the ideal spot they can afford with where they are in terms of, of their rebuild to, to keep a player like that on their roster if they see some potential. Also, uh, moving on, outfielder Kai Tom, who we've seen in spring training the past couple of seasons, his last uh, full season, 2019, he played uh, mainly at AA, but also some time at AAA and uh, hit close to 300 in an intriguing outfielder that the Athletics hope they can keep throughout the season. The Indians also made an acquisition in the AAA phase. Outfielder Chris Roller taken off the Dodgers roster. He's a 24-year-old, 
who was uh, drafted in the 30th round back in 2017. And uh, that's it in terms of the Rule 5 draft just completed at the virtual winter meetings. So that's our recap of the Rule 5 draft and some things going on player development-wise for the Indians. Stay tuned. When we come back, we'll hear from Eddie Robinson, the oldest living player from Major League Baseball. He'll turn 100 next week. That's next on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Progressive presents The Sounds of the Old World. The year is 2019, and someone is waiting for a table at a restaurant. Thompson, party of four. Thompson, party of four. Thompson, party... Oh, there you are. This has been The Sounds of the Old World. Brought to you by Progressive, where drivers can still switch and save like it's 2019. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you as we join you with our hot stove editions of Tribe Talk during the offseason. We're presented by Progressive each week. And what a treat earlier this week to visit with Eddie Robinson, baseball's oldest living player. Robinson, who will turn 100 next week, enjoyed a 13-year playing career, seven different teams. In fact, when he played, there were only eight teams in the American League. He ended up playing for seven of them. Only the Red Sox didn't have uh, some time with Eddie Robinson. But the five years he spent with the Indians featured some of his greatest accomplishments, and we'll get to those in just a moment. But the playing career was really just the tip of the iceberg for Robinson. He went on to become a, a valued scout. He was a general manager of both the Atlanta Braves and the Texas Rangers from 1972 to 1982. And uh, next Tuesday, he'll turn 100. And with his home in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and his close ties still to the Texas Rangers, the Rangers PR staff was uh, kind enough to put together a conference call with Mr. Robinson earlier this week. We jumped on that, had a chance to to ask some questions with him, and uh, it really was a fun time. I mean, how, how often do you get to visit with someone who's 100 years old? And we had a chance to do that with Eddie, and I think you'll see he's still sharp as a tack. Now, I mentioned that some of his greatest moments as a player came with the Indians. He hit his first major league home run with the Tribe in 1942. Also, his last major league home run came with the Indians when he returned to the ball club at the tail end of his career in 1957. He was also a key player, the first baseman, for the 1948 World Series champion Cleveland Indians. And while those were great milestones, he said when he thinks of his time in Cleveland, and remember, this is almost 80 years ago now, the memories of special times come right back. Well, there were a couple of things that happened to me when I was with Cleveland. The first thing was that I was there when, when Larry Doby joined the club. He was the first black to play in the American League. And he never gets any credit. A very little credit. You hardly ever hear of Doby. And everything he hears of Jackie Robinson, which is rightfully so, he was the first. But Doby was two months behind him. And uh, Doby went through the same things as Jackie did, and I don't think he gets enough credit. The other, the other thing that really, of course, was big was that we won the pennant. And uh, we, we needed to win the game. The last day of the season, we were playing Detroit. 
And if we win the game, we win the pennant. If we lose the game, we go into a tie with either New York or Boston. They were both one game behind us. And, uh, of course, we lost the game, and we had to get on the train right after the game, ride to Boston, and play a one-game one sudden-death playoff the next day. Which we did, which we and we won the playoff game eight to five, and uh, that was that was a top year in my career. The the top memories in my career go with that day. And you mentioned that that forty eight series and well documented. It's the last one that the Indians won. How closely have you followed their their three trips to the series since, where they they came so close, especially in in sixteen and ninety seven? Um, how closely did you follow those? I, I wanted I want to see them win, and uh, you know they, the first year I was with the Yankees, 1954, uh, we won 103 games with the Yankees, and that's the most games a single team ever won. Cleveland won 111. All right, a couple of follow-up notes here to uh, Eddie's comments. In his career, he hit 172 home runs, 34 with the Indians. He was a four-time All-Star hit 254 with 16 bombs and 83 runs driven in as the everyday first baseman uh, for the Indians in 1948. And he proudly notes that his RBI single in the eighth inning of Game 6 of that series, which proved to be the clinching game, was the game-winning run. So uh, certainly a big contributor and a key for the Indians' World Series title team, their last World Series title team. Now you may notice Robinson played 13 seasons from 1942 through 1957. And that math doesn't add up, does it? And if you notice that, you're right. So similar to Bob Feller, here's the explanation, Robinson missed three of his prime seasons serving with the U.S. Navy during World War II. And he filled us in on his role there and fascinating stories about what it was like playing baseball in the Navy during the wartime. And be sure to listen closely. Some great players joined him on some of those Navy baseball teams. Uh, being a baseball player in uh, Norfolk, uh, Virginia, <clears throat> I was, don't forget that in 1942, I went in on my birthday and I played the 42 season in Baltimore. And I was, I was sold to the Indians and, and, uh, uh, I went up and finished the year with the Indians, but I was only in four or five games. So I was really a minor leaguer. And uh, when I went in uh, Navy, I found out that the, the captain of the base loved, loved baseball, and he wanted to have a good team, and they were organizing a team. Uh, Bob Feller had been there the year before, but I didn't play with Bob there. He had already shipped out. Uh but I let I let them know that I was there. I I thought that they would have better players than me. But they they said okay. And when I graduated from my training, I was assigned to to Norfolk, Virginia, and uh, and I was on the team. And I was on the team with a bunch of major leaguers, and that meant a lot to me. Uh, Dom DiMaggio was our center fielder. Freddie Hutchinson was a pitcher and a outfielder on the team. Uh, Benny McCoy of Detroit, bonus player, was our second baseman. And Phil Rizzuto was our shortstop. So 
for a guy who had only played triple-A ball to play with, have those guys as his teammate, that was big. And, uh, and, and the air station, which was uh, part of, uh, of that big facility down there, was uh, right adjacent to the training station. And they had a – Pee Wee Reese was on their team. And, and they had a bunch of big leaguers uh, playing on their team. So we played each other a lot. And the games meant a lot. And the sailors used to pack the stands to watch us play. So it was good. It was a good deal. After my second year there, they shipped us all out together. We left uh, Treasure Island, California. There were 26 major league players in one in our draft. And uh, we all went over on a ship called the USS Foundria to Hawaii. And to, down to the islands from there. So I, I, it was a good experience, a learning experience, and and I'm proud I did it. Boy, different times to be sure, and just fascinating. And uh, for Robinson coming up on that 100th birthday on Tuesday, how does he look back at living for 100 years? Pretty good stuff here from Eddie Robinson. I've had a wonderful family uh, support. I have a lovely wife who takes good care of me. And uh, I feel very lucky, and I feel very lucky to have had baseball. Uh, baseball is something that, if you're really into it, you kind of go from year to year with it. And you can look back and pinpoint great things that have happened to you in each year. And uh, I, I contribute that. Uh, I give that credit for being one reason why I've lived this long. I don't know. I must have had good genes, but uh, <laughs> I enjoyed my life. I met a lot of good people, and uh, I hope to go on. I just, I, I'd like to live to 104. That's Eddie Robinson, baseball's oldest living player, and what a treat to be able to, to join him and ask some questions and uh, get his great perspective on the game of baseball and life, too. Hope you enjoyed that. Stay tuned when we come back. One of the fun games of the 2020 season, our Game of the Week segment after this break on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you, and it's time for our Game of the Week segment as we continue to take a look back at some of the great and fun games of the 2020 season. And we take you to St. Louis in late August, Friday night, August the 28th. Indians with a 19-12 and 12 record coming in, trying to keep pace in the ultra-competitive American League Central Division, the White Sox and Twins also playing good baseball most of the year. The Cardinals struggling at 11-11 and coming in. The pitching matchup, Tristan McKenzie making his second Major League start for the Tribe against Daniel Ponce de Leon for the Cardinals. And bear in mind coming in, pitching had ruled the day for the Indians throughout the season. Their pitching staff was putting up 
unbelievable numbers, tops in Major League Baseball in terms of team ERA and strikeouts for much of the season, but the offense had struggled most of the season, so they were trying to burst out and uh, back up some of that good pitching to see if the Indians could really put it together. And on this particular night in St. Louis, well, the offense made McKenzie and the bullpen's work stand up nicely. The Indians got things going in the first inning thanks to some aggressive base running from Francisco Lindor. Down the set, down the 1-1, and it's low. Lindor's running throw by Molina, skips into center field. Ramirez will score. Lindor will get up, and he'll go to third. Bad throw by Yadier Molina, and you hardly ever hear that. That throw was to the first base side of second, and Lindor gets a steal, goes to third on the throwing air, and Ramirez able to score on the throwing air that skipped into center field, and the Indians now lead it by a score of one to nothing. Carlos Santana followed with a walk, and then Franmil Reyes leaned into one. De Leon, the right-hander with a high hold, and the 1-0 to Franmil Reyes. And he swings and skies one in the air, deep right center. On the run is Carlson, on the track, looking up, it is gone! A three-run home run the opposite way again for Franmil Reyes. And the Indians have a four-run first. And the big man got a high fastball, and he just pounded it the other way. And they take advantage of Ponce de Leon's lack of command. And he that time made a pitch that gave Reyes all kinds of swinging room and he pounds a home run to right center field, and the Indians lead it 4 to nothing. In the second inning, Carlos Santana came to the plate with a man aboard, and the Indians' offensive onslaught continued. The pitch, swing, and a high fly ball to right field, fairly deep, back is Fowler, on the track at the wall, he leaps, and it's out of here! A two-run home run down the right field line by Santana, on a ball that just kept carrying. Dexter Fowler went back on that like he'd be able to make, if not the catch on the track, maybe a leap at the wall, and it sailed well beyond him. And the Indians have a three-run homer by Franmil Reyes to right center, and now a two-run homer down the right field line by Carlos Santana. I think Santana might be as surprised as anyone that that ball left the yard. Dexter Fowler of the Cardinals hit a two-run home run off McKenzie in the bottom half of the second inning to put St. Louis on the board, but the young pitcher brushed it off and finished strong in the fourth inning. Here's the 1-2. Swing and a miss, strike three. Got him with that harder breaking pitch that time. O'Neal down on strikes. Now the payoff pitch. Swing and a miss, strike three. Got him to chase upstairs. Carlson, a strikeout victim, and the side is retired. A leadoff walk does no damage. That would be it for McKenzie due to a higher pitch count, and he finished things up with the Indians up 6-2 to two after four, and in the top of the fifth, the Indians got those two runs right back thanks to Tyler Naquin. Here's the pitch, and it's swung on and driven. Deep right field. That ball's way back. If it's fair, it may go. And it hits the foul pole down the right field line. Home run, Tyler Naquin. A two-run blast. First home run of the season for Naquin. And the Indians pad their lead. It is now 8-2. to two.
And Enkwin knew he hit it well. The question was, would it hook on him? Well, the foul pole told you that story as he clanked it off the foul pole down the right field line. Then in the sixth inning, the Tribe really put the game out of reach. A double and two walks loaded the bases for Fran Reyes. The 3-1. Swung on, line drive, base hit into center field. That'll score Ramirez. Lindor's right behind him. Santana will stop at second. And it's a five RBI night for Fran Reyes, who's now a triple shy of the cycle. And the Indians are not letting the Cardinals off the hook tonight. 10-2 Cleveland. And then Roberto Perez delivered. The pitch. Swung on line drive. Base hit center field. Santana hits third. He's coming home. The throw to the plate over the catcher. Kisner by 12 feet at least. Backed up nicely by Sanchez. But Perez with his third hit of the game. He has as many hits tonight as he had had all season. It's a two-out RBI single to center. And the Indians now lead 11-2. And finally, Delino DeShields capped off yet another big inning on this night for the Tribe. The pitch, and it's swung on, rifled inside the bag at third, down the left field line by Delino DeShields. Hits off the sidewall, caroms back into play. In to score is Fran Mio Reyes, Roberto Perez to third, and Delino DeShields has his third hit. An RBI double down that third base line. His first extra base hit as an Indian. His fourth RBI as an Indian. And how about the eighth and ninth hitters tonight for the Indians? Perez and DeShields each have three hits. Two more runs in the seventh thanks to RBIs from Yu Chang and Jordan Luplo. And it was a 14-2 Tribe lead with Adam Pletko on to finish things up in the ninth. Cardinals batting in the ninth. Two down, a runner on. Wong awaiting the 2-2. Here it comes. And it's swung on. Sky to left. Going back is Luplo. He's under it. Ball game. And the Indians start this six-game road trip to the state of Missouri by hammering the St. Louis Cardinals 14-2. The next day on Indians warm-up, Tom Hamilton checked in with Tribe acting manager Sandy Alomar, and they talked about the big offensive explosion in St. Louis. Well, Sandy, you had, to my count, 27 base runners last night. You saw 232 pitches. That's the kind of ball game I guess you've been looking for because what was it really impressive, Sandy? Even when it was decided, your guys still had really good at-bats. Nobody seemed to kind of just try to get the at-bat over with. Yeah, the guys, they, when you work out like that, I mean, and you uh, try to preach for something and you keep working and keep preaching and pushing, you kind of create a format of uh, I can't be wasting at bats. Uh, it can translate to the next game. So, like, guys did a good job, uh, keep pushing their at bats and train themselves to not to waste at bats. With Tristan McKenzie, he was at 84 pitches after four innings. Is that a decision where you looked at? what those 84 pitches maybe took out of him as compared to how he pitched against Detroit? What, what was the big difference for you? Well, he was laboring through the 84 pitches. You got to work very hard for the 34. Uh, command was not there. Secondary pitches were not there. So you have to pitch backwards at time, be aggressive at time. But with all of that, trying to get his pitches and his 
his uh, delivery back on track, but never was able to do it. He, I mean, it's impressive that he, he, he competed like that and only gave up two runs and not walk a ton of people, but he had to throw a lot of pitches to try to figure out what he was doing wrong. Well, and sometimes you learn more about a kid when he struggles, don't you, than when everything is going well? Correct. Uh, he could have faulted there, and uh, he instead, he just kept fighting. And uh, But we felt like, we felt like uh, you know, uh, he he's, he's grinding out there, but we don't want to put him in a situation that had to continue grinding and then uh, not have a result with the command. So we decided to put Placo, I mean, heel and then Placo out there to finish the game. Three-way tie for first place. Um, and I know we still have a month of baseball to go. But, Sandy, it looks like the American League Central really has three legitimate playoff teams when you talk about yourself, Minnesota, and Chicago. That, this thing could be really fun this final month. Oh, yeah, you can you know, line about that. And, and the future is going to be brighter because, you know, Detroit's playing better and Kansas City have a ton of talent. So, like, uh, this division is going to be a grind for many years to come. So there it was, one of the, the bigger offensive outputs for the Indians in a season where they really struggled offensively for much of the year to, to produce some consistency. But on this night, it certainly was a big one in St. Louis for the Tribe. That'll do it for our Game of the Week segment. Stay tuned. More to come after this break as Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive, continues on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Progressive presents The Sounds of the Old World. The year is 2019, and someone is getting up to use the bathroom at the stadium. Excuse me? Excuse me? Oh, sorry. Excuse me? You mind if I just squeeze by here? This has been The Sounds of the Old World. Brought to you by Progressive, where drivers can still switch and save like it's 2019. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Welcome back to Tribe Talk presented by Progressive. Jim Rosenhouse along with you for our final segment. And earlier this week, a great event that uh, helped out those in need during the holiday season, the Players Alliance, which is a nonprofit organization that Chris Antonetti, Indians president of baseball operations, will fill us in on in just a moment. They uh, combined with Pull Up Neighbor and uh, toured the country. And Cleveland was the stop on Wednesday uh, an opportunity to distribute a variety of resources to residents in uh, areas of need in a safe and socially distant capacity. And uh, their truck pulled up to Progressive Field on Wednesday to load up with some great stuff from the Indians to be a part of that event over on the east side of Cleveland. And we had a chance to catch up with Chris during that event and ask him about the Players Alliance, what it means, and what they're doing in the community. Hey. Uh, first off, the Players Alliance is a group of about 150 professional uh, baseball players, both former and current players, that are really devoted to making an impact, both within the game, to increase opportunities for the black community, but also extending that impact into all of our uh, communities across the country. You're a board member. What drew you to the cause? Well, I think like all of us, we want to make an impact. And we, we talk, we've talked for a while. Our first opportunity is to make an impact within the game of baseball. And the Players Alliance is committed to doing that. And so we want to do our part to help contribute. Today, uh, Players Alliance partnering with 
pull-up neighbor. A ginormous truck is here today. What's what's going on with the truck, where it's going, and, and all that kind of good stuff? Yeah, the pull-up neighbor is a great program. It started, kicked off last week in New York City. Uh, we'll end in uh, Vallejo, California, and across the way, we'll touch base with 33 communities across the country. And at each stop, there will be three primary things. There's a uh, pop-up pantry where we'll be uh, serving and distributing uh, food. To, to different communities. The, there is a uh, PPE distribution, which is obviously a big need right now. And then finally, the gear for good, which is distribution of baseball equipment uh, also within those communities. So a great opportunity. Organizations from across the country have contributed and we're excited that they're here in Cleveland today. And I know you just finished uh, helping the, to load up the truck. What are some of the things the Indians are, are throwing in there? There's a lot of gear in there. It's packed to the gills. They actually have to fill up another uh, Suburban with, with gear. So there's both tribe stuff. Again, there's the PPE. There's a lot of food. Uh, there's bobbleheads. There's baseball equipment, bats, balls, gloves, lots of things to distribute. So we're heading out now, and uh, it should be a great day. And I know, Chris, obviously it's a, it's a, a great cause. This time of year, normally, in normal times, the Indians do so much to, to help the community. Uh, and this is one of the few things they're able to do this year. What does it mean to, to be able to participate in something during this time of year? Yeah, at this time of year, Rosie, and, and really throughout the year, we try to do our part to contribute back to the community and and and, and try to make a difference. And this is it's been extraordinarily challenging this year in light of the circumstances, but it's important to remember those needs still exist. And in fact, they're more difficult today and the circumstances are more challenging today than at any point in the past. So anything we can do to contribute and help, we're willing to dig in and try. Chris, thanks a lot for the time. Appreciate it. My pleasure, Rosie. Thank you. Good stuff there from Indians President of Baseball Operations, Chris Antonetti. And again, the, the Indians always so active throughout the year and especially during the holiday season with community events. But uh, because of COVID, they've had to, to pull back like so many others on some of the things that they do. But that was a nice opportunity with the Players Alliance and Pull Up Neighbor stopping by for a tour stop on Wednesday. One final note as we wrap up our show this week on the awards front. The Indians placed three players on the all-Major League Baseball team that was announced earlier this week. Shane Bieber, as you would figure, is on uh, the first team for his uh, certainly stellar season on the mound. Jose Ramirez was a second-team all-star on the all-MLB team, and closer Brad Hand also on that second team. Bieber, who in November was named the club's fifth and youngest Cy Young Award winner, had an unbelievable season going 8-1 and one with an ERA of 1.63. And those were both league bests, and he led the league in strikeouts as well, becoming the first pitcher in Major League Baseball since 2006 to win MLB's pitching triple crown. Jose Ramirez coming off a runner-up finish in the American League Most Valuable Player Award voting. Again, on the second team as uh, an all-MLB selection at third base. And he finished his year hitting 292 with 17 home runs and 46 RBIs in just the 58 games. And Hand, of course, had that great season as the Indians' closer with 16 saves in his 23 relief outings and uh, became just the second pitcher in Indians history to lead MLB in saves, joining Jose Mesa, who did it back in 1995. So some accolades postseason for Bieber, Ramirez, and Hand, all three on the all-MLB team announced earlier this week. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. And don't forget, 
If uh, you're looking for our show on a weekly basis, we're on the Indians Radio Network, usually Saturday late afternoons, around 5 or 6 o'clock, depending on your city and your station. You can also find us on Indians.com. All the archived editions are there. And wherever you download your favorite podcast, this show turns into a podcast after it airs uh, shortly after it airs on Saturday. So a lot of different ways to pick up Tribe Talk each week. And as always, we thank Brian Motze for putting together our show each week back at our network studios. Until next week, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. De Leon, the right-hander with a high hole. And the 1-0 to Franmil Reyes. And he swings and skies one in the air. Deep right center. On the run is Carlson. On the track looking up. It is gone. A three-run home run the opposite way again for Franmil Reyes. And the Indians have a four-run first. The pitch, swing, and a high fly ball to right field. Fairly deep. Back is Fowler. On the track at the wall. He leaps, and it's out of here. A two-run home run down the right field line by Santana on a ball that just kept carrying. I've had a wonderful family uh, support. I have a lovely wife who takes good care of me. And uh, I feel very lucky, and I feel very lucky to have had baseball. Uh, Baseball is something that if you're really into it, you kind of go from year to year with it. And you can look back and pinpoint great things that have happened to you in each year. I give that credit for being one reason why I've lived this long. I don't know. I must have had good genes, but uh, I enjoyed my life. I met a lot of good people, and uh, I hope to go on. I just, I, I'd like to live to 104. Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance.